Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by James Hardy Siding, the best siding on the planet. Mark, this is Jim. Welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hi, Jim. Uh, got a question for you about replacement windows. We have a, it's an older house. We're refreshing it. And I've got a, a, a bank of windows that uh, we want to put picture-style picture, picture style windows in that overlook the backyard. Yeah. And But the, the tones on this house aren't really conducive to using a white vinyl. So we want to go with a bronze or brown frame. Okay. What, Material? Do you recommend or system or what? What's your thoughts on that? These are about five feet tall. The windows are, are yeah, a little over five, a little over sixty inches by about uh, thirty-four, and there's five of them, so it's going to make a nice big wall of windows when it's done. Sure. Well, you can still go with the vinyl because you can get uh, colored vinyl. It's just an upcharge. Okay. Uh, so I would still take a look at doing it that way. Your other choices are to go with a fiberglass or wood, but uh, virtually all of them, uh, energy consumption-wise, are going to be virtually the same. Uh, the okay. big thing you get into when you get into uh, the other is just higher cost. So that's the reason I typically go with the vinyl. Okay. And on, is there a way to kind of uh, give me an idea of what kind of upcharge I might be looking at to go away from the white into a colored uh, frame? There's not... Um, that, that, I mean, I'm, I don't know the pricing structure, so I, okay. I can't, I can't answer that, but, um, but if you just call over at America's Choice Windows, uh, they should be able to answer that for you because you've got Fair your enough. sizes here and everything. And I, th I think that's something they'd be able to answer for you. Okay, great. Uh, one more question. Sure. And, uh, I've got a, a large already existing picture window that's a, I don't know if it's a, it seems like it's a half inch thick pane of glass. It's still too much radiant heat coming through. Do you recommend any kind of films or uh, radiant? Uh, I, I think at one time there was a company producing a ceramic, clear ceramic coating that's supposed to reduce yep. the... Uh, anything on those that you can recommend? Yeah, I mean, there are some clear coatings that you can put on that um, do block that heat transfer. Now, obviously, you could change that out for... Um, a replacement window and get more energy efficiency as well. But uh, take a look at some of the 3M products. Uh, they've got everything from a clear all the way to a, a fully uh, tinted one that at night you can see out, but people can't see in. Oh, so all right. you got you got a lot of different choices when it comes to that. Fantastic. And are those typically applied on the interior? Yes. Okay, great, because I've... I've got several window issues and those two of them are really one is a six by six and the other is a about an eight foot tall triangle that i i just are afraid of the cost of trying to replace it but i can I get some energy efficiency i i may just go that route with a film but anyway thank you for your time it's very helpful you bet mark you take care hey jim i have a large brick mailbox that is leaning i'd like to have it leveled but the past couple of companies i've contacted only want to tear it down and build a new one what would you recommend? Thanks for your time and knowledge, and I enjoy listening to your Sunday show. Well, 
Joe, I hate to tell you this, but the reason they're recommending tear it down and rebuild it is that's typically going to be less expensive than trying to level a mailbox. Uh, the cost of, of somebody coming out to put in a, any type of underpinning to level it, number one, is very expensive. But number two, it, it really just isn't practical because it's such a small area that you can't put any type of peering that's going to keep it stable. The soils are going to continue to move up and down. And as they do that, if you've, if you've put some type of underpinning under this mailbox, and there's only going to be room typically on a mailbox to put one, uh, you basically have now this thing point loaded on a smaller area. So now it's really going to be tipping every time the soils move up and down. So typically in that situation, uh, you're just better off to take it down and rebuild it, uh, not only aesthetically and safety-wise, but even the cost of doing it. Uh, it's just cheaper to do that than than to try to underpin it. So I, I hate to pass that on to you, but uh, it sounds like they've been shooting straight with you as far as what to do. And, and unfortunately, that's the reality with a lot of things. Uh, it's we kind of build a, a throwaway society. Now, could a mailbox be built that could have piers? Absolutely. you got to have a, a bigger base under the bottom of it, and it's got to be thicker than what they typically put. I mean, normally they're they're pouring a, a, a four-inch base and coming up with this mailbox because it doesn't weigh anything. You know, that little stack of brick just isn't that much. But... If you change that base to be something bigger, uh, then you've got something that you can possibly underpin and, and make the concrete thicker. You know, concrete needs to be at minimum 8 inches, but usually 12 is what you're going to be looking for. And uh, then you got something you can work with. But uh, honestly, even then, your cost is going to be expensive to underpin it and try to level it. Now, can you level it with uh, like foam or, or something, you can try. But understand, when you inject the foam, it's going to expand. And, uh, you know, where is it going to expand and push up on the 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 pro, uh, mailbox? That's, hey, that's going to be anybody's guess. You can attempt to control it, but an attempt is all it's going to be. And you're still going to be on the moving soil. There is a lot of different products out there. And I just want to caution everybody. You're not always going to find all of them at the box stores. You know, uh, sometimes you have to order them. Sometimes you need to go to a, a real lumber yard to get some of the products. Or a specialty store, places like that. Uh, it's not always available at just the box stores. Um, flooring is a good example. You know, the box stores... Lowe's and Home Depot, they sell flooring, but you're going to find a lot bigger selection going to someplace like Floor and Decor. Um, fireplace. You're going to find fireplace inserts at the box stores, but you go to a regular fireplace store, you're going to find a lot bigger and better selection. So I'm not saying don't go to the box stores because honestly, I go to the box stores sometimes as well. I'm just saying you got to be careful of what you get and you may not find everything that you're looking for there. We're going to head to Northwest Harris County. Candy, how are you today? I'm 
fine. You have to be the nicest man in the world. <laughs> you're, you're so I have a nice lot of people who would differ with you on that, but <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but I, I, I'm calling because I only heard the the end of the conversation that you had with a lady who was asking about a privacy, some part, kind of privacy solution for her windows. Yeah. And I have applied uh, vinyl to my old windows and my old cracked house. I haven't taken advantage of uh, buying new windows yet. Uh-huh. And um, there are two kinds, the one with a static cling that are absolutely incredible, and then I do have one that's a frosted uh, that was wider, that I think actually has an adhesive back. Um, but I applied it all myself, and I'm 70 now. I probably did it when I was about 65, and they, it lasts a long time, and I love the stuff. It has great patterns, and um, the question I had for you was on the one way, the one that I've seen, and I did just go to a big box store, and mm-hmm. the brand was not... 3M. It was a different brand, but the one that I saw was it looked like it was going to be almost a mirrored effect from the outside. So if the you could see out, but seeing you couldn't see in, but you would get a, a sort of a tinfoil effect, so that when the sun hit it, it would um, burn your eyes. Yes. And I, of course, I, you can't apply that kind of thing. Um, Probably with homeowners associations, uh, um, you know that would that where people would complain about it. Do you know offhand? Do they have the one way that has a different effect? They do. On they the have outside? some. New, they have some newer ones out now that don't have that mirror effect. Uh, I'm not oh, saying it, 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 it's not somewhat reflective, but it's not like a a, a a mirror out there where the sun is just, you know intensifying because it's bouncing off of it like they used to be and these the ones i'm talking about have probably come out in the last uh, within the last five years well i will look for them because i do have I, i have cats i'm one of i'm one of those people i have cats and i don't like window coverings because of all the you know because it catches Sure. The cat, cat here. But uh, the vinyl solutions have been great for me for privacy, and yet it lets light in. And I've even had them fool people who had to replace a window pane because they said, "Oh, well, we have to buy, we have to buy special glass. I can't just put in regular glass." And they, he didn't know that it had a vinyl covering on yep. it. They're yep. very good. So oh, I, 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 I put one in my, in my mom's house, uh, in my parents' house. I always say mom's house. Dad's allowed to live there, but it's mom's house. <laughs> and uh, it it looks like stained glass. Uh, I put it in the little yeah. one, you know, above the regular windows. And it was so easy to apply, and they look gorgeous. And, you know, that's been a few years already. And like you said, they, they last what really good. Yes, I have. Uh, I have in my bedroom. I use a mosaic pattern, mm-hmm. and yep. the light comes through, and I can see. Um, as I know what's out there—trees, house, or whatever—in the back. But it, um, it, it, you don't see in very well, and when you see out, it's beautiful. Yeah, they, it really has a nice effect. And the yep. other one that I used is a kind of a pebble effect. Yeah. Uh, so I hope the lady will look into that because I think it's a great solution for her problem. There you go. Ron and Sugarland. 
How can I help you? Hey, Jim, I uh, appreciate taking my call. I'm, uh, I'm looking at uh, building a uh, concrete home here in, the near, in about the next six months, and I'm, I'm considering using metal studs instead of a traditional wood framing on the inside of it. Okay. Uh, is, what's your thoughts on that? And have you done it before? And if you have, uh, what's uh, what's the downsides to it and the upsides, if you've got any information on it? You know, I have used metal studs, but only on commercial applications, not on residential. So I've worked with them a little bit. Uh, your downside, when you go to hang pictures and stuff like that, you don't have a wood stud to drive a nail into. Um Traditionally, the reason we, especially here in Texas, have been so hardcore on using wood studs, it's just way cheaper than the metal studs. But wood has gotten so expensive, uh, it's competing with the cost of the metal studs. The advantage of metal studs, uh, one that's a lot lighter, uh, fairly easy to work with, and it doesn't burn. So there are, there's right. good and bad about both of them. I have zero problem with doing a home with metal studs. I, it, it, it works out great. All right. Well, I appreciate it. You bet. Take care, Ron, and good luck with the new home. Barry in Dallas. He says, I had a new concrete driveway poured about seven years ago. And this one pertains pretty much to everybody who's got concrete. They poured it in several sections with wooden spacers between the sections. Uh, And just FYI, those are known as expansion joints, and they're there to control where the concrete cracks uh, because all concrete's going to crack with the expansion and contraction due to temperature changes. And and so those those expansion joints absorb that and keep you from just having the concrete split apart. The wood is about three-quarters inch thick, and I don't know how deep, at least a few inches. The wood is starting to rot out. Do I need to replace the wood or seal those spaces? Sorry about that. Well, you know, you do want to put something else back in there because what happens is if you don't, you know, put uh, something in, in there, when it rains, the water comes down the driveway, it hits where those expansion joints are, it goes underneath the concrete and flows, and it starts moving the sand bed that's under the concrete, and then it starts moving sections. So, yes, you do want to close it up with something. So, you got some choices here. You can dig out all that wood and go through the hassle of, of cutting wood pieces and dropping it back down in there, and that is a pain. Uh, it, it it truly is. The other choice, they make uh, some caulking that's made for the expansion joints. Uh, the one I like to use, I buy at Rental One. Uh, you just go in and tell them you got expansion joints in the concrete. You need the uh, caulking for it. Comes in. A, it's a nice gray color, matches in with concrete, really nice. It flows flat and level. Your downside to the product is it's rather liquidy and so you've got to kind of fill that void some otherwise you're going to just use tons of this stuff and it really only needs to have like the top half inch done so typically what you'll do is pack some backer rod in there sand something like that to fill it up and then put that caulking over it your third choice and uh, actually i've seen this one 
put in by homeowners and stuff, and it looks really good. It's called trim a slab. And again, you pull out the wood, get it down about a couple inches, and this product literally just pops down into the groove. It comes in a, in a roll, much like a rope, and that's it. You just pop it in there, cut it off on the ends, and, and you're done. It, it does a, a marvelous job of filling it in. It's made here in League City, and so it's uh, you know readily available. Uh, their website is trim-a-slab.com. So, uh, and I've seen it available at like Ace Hardwares and places like that. So if you want to take a look for it, it comes in like three different widths. So you buy it according to how big a gap you've got. So I think that one will get you taken care of. This is a, what I think is a really good question. When a hydrostatic test is done, is there any acceptable bleed down of the level of water in the pipe? This was done on my house and lost approximately a quarter inch in about 30 minutes. Is this too much? Thanks, Steve. And what he's talking about is he was had a hydrostatic test done on his sewer system to check for leaks. And that's done, you know, typically when there's foundation work done or if you suspect that you're you got a leak in a sewer line. If you've got old cast iron pipes, for instance, you know, they're right now they are being replaced everywhere simply because they're rotting out and and leaking real bad and that can cause foundation problems because it changes the moisture content in the soil. Well, how much is acceptable? A quarter inch in 30 minutes? Uh, truthfully, I have a plumbing company. I have a foundation repair company. And when somebody tells me, oh, it leaked a quarter inch, I don't even blink an eye. Don't worry about it. Now, it drives me nuts when people say, oh, well, it went down five inches and then it stopped, so it's nothing to worry about. That's an indication you got a leak. And if the water is flowing all the time with no no stoppages or anything, yeah, you're going to probably have minimal issues from it. But you know you've already got a problem. And I can guarantee you in the long run, if you don't fix it, you're going to have a bigger problem, a lot more expensive. Uh, so how much is acceptable and not accessible or acceptable? It, it kind of depends on the size of the house. If you've got a one bath, one kitchen, uh, and that's it, you know, two inches is a lot more than if you've got a, you know, three bath uh, uh, kitchen, outdoor kitchen, laundry, and, and everything hooked up to it. Uh, but typically, my rule of thumb is if it's dropping in like the first 15 to 20 minutes, a couple inches, it's time to isolate it and let's find what it is. Because quite frankly, that's usually not that expensive to fix. A quarter inch, though, no, that that can be, that can even be just air pockets. Yeah, quite frankly, in in the the line, nothing to lose any sleep over. So now, and this is just for everybody listening. If you've got a home that still has cast iron, be prepared that eventually you're going to have to replace that cast iron. In fact, a lot of times, uh, well, prior to this real boom on on home selling, and that's going to die down again, uh, they were starting to require static tests on homes 
prior to being able to close. And you will see that come back around again because what's going to happen when this boom dies down, the price of real estate has been so high, it's going to drop down. They don't have the value in them in order to cover those costs of repairs. So be prepared. You're going to end up having to do some of these repairs whether we like to or not. This comes from Danielle in Katy. And she says, about a couple of years ago, you had a fellow on your program that offered water analyzing and then gave recommendations for what kind of system to use. If by any chance you know who I'm talking about, will you share this info? Every once in a while, I'll have a customer ask me about water softeners and filtration systems. By the way, I'm a 12-year floor contract contractor turned GC. I have done some research on the subject, talked to some local companies, and many YouTube videos, and there's a lot of good information. It'll be great if the subject comes up on the show. Thanks a bunch. I always enjoy your show, Daniel. Well, I, I will tell you, um, there are several companies out there who will do the water testing and stuff. And when when you start hearing about uh, water softeners and filtration systems and things like that, you'll hear a lot of different opinions. Oh, I don't want a salt system. Uh, uh, and companies will advertise based on that. No, we can do it without salt. Well, if it's a mild case, they can do it without salt. If you've got truly hard water they got to have salt to soften it i will tell you i do have a water softener system on my own house love it uh i and i've used water softener systems since basically 98 when i originally moved to san antonio the water there is so hard you've got to have one uh in san antonio i went with a culligan system here in the dallas area i live up in uh, Double Oak, which is by Flower Mound. Uh, the water's not near as hard, and I actually have a Brita system in my house that does both water softening and filtration. And again, I, I just, I truly, I believe in these water softeners and filtration systems. It really does make a, a great job. And I go beyond that. Uh, not only do I put the softener and filtration system in, I use a reverse osmosis system under the sink for making ice cubes in the uh, refrigerator and, and dispensing water in the refrigerator and have a dispenser on top of the sink for cooking uh, water using the reverse osmosis water. Uh, I drink a lot of water, and I like that water as good as anything I could buy, and I don't have the issue with the, the plastic bottles and stuff. So, uh, And not that I'm a, someone who you know goes overly bored on that kind of stuff but uh, i just like being able to go stick my glass under the refrigerator door and let it dispense out cold water for me it, it, it works out well so uh culligan and the like i said brita systems are two that i've personally used um another system that's out there that you may want to take a look at is the pelican system so that gives you three options all of them are franchise type systems uh so you know you're dealing with different dealers on them but uh you can just google any one of them though and, and talk with them and have good information from them just a reminder it's a huge help if you subscribe to rate and review the podcast 
It helps people find us. Going back up to Denton. Hello, Bill. Hey, Jim. How are you doing, sir? Good. How about you? Doing well. I had a house and I sold it, but I got spoiled because it had uh, recirculating hot water or something. I don't know what it's called, but as soon yeah. as you turned on hot water, you got it. Yep. And, and is it possible to do that with an existing house that doesn't have it? It is. Okay. And how costly would that be? Oh, my God. I could charge you a fortune to do it. um it it really depends on the layout of the house uh what they can do on a house that doesn't have a a circulating system is there's a uh, system called a uh, grunsfall and basically it you go to the furthest faucet from where the water heater is Mm -hmm. and it recycles from there back to the water heater and so that faucet's going to have just instant hot water but what happens is the whole line to get over to that one has hot water in it at all times. So when you turn on a faucet, it's not waiting for the water to come from the water heater. It's only waiting on it to come from wherever the main line is that's running through underneath the house or attic, wherever your lines happen to be. So you're you're talking basically a second or two. Okay. All right. And does any plumber do that or is it? Yeah, mo- most plumbers can do it for you. Okay. And how about, on the average, how cost? Because the hot water heater's out in the garage, and the furthest faucet would be the master bedroom, which is on the other end of the house. Okay. And you got good access to uh, something like that. We'd probably have to run through an attic. So you've you got good access all the way over there? Uh, Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, you know, you're probably looking, and again, this is without looking at the, at the home or anything, but right, right. you're going to be probably looking at a couple thousand dollars. Okay. All right. Okay. Because you, right. well, you got a, you got a recirculating pump and stuff that's got to be bought as well. Right. Okay. Now I doubt it will do. I don't know. I didn't know it would be that expensive. Now, you got a secondary option that you can do. Uh, if it only bothers you, like, say, in the master, you can get a uh, uh, single-use type tankless water heater or even a small mm-hmm. tank that you can install in that bathroom. And so it kicks on and gives you hot water right there when you turn it on and shuts off once the, the hot water reaches over there. That won't help you in the other parts of the house, but it would in the master bedroom. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, good. And, that, and that's, that's typically far less expensive. Came from Tad in Garland. He says, I've been putting the breakaway screws through the original wood floor planks to the, to the joists. It's helped some of the squeaking, but still have some on the other planks. Would it be advisable to screw down the other ones through to the subflooring. The wood flooring will be sanded and restained. It, it kind of reminds me of a halfway job if I don't do that. And kind of like getting some of the dings out of a car and then painting over it all with some dings and blemishes left untouched. Someone told me if I was that I was wasting my time and 
It's unnecessary. I know it's time consuming, but I would like to get as much of the squeaks out as possible. Please let me know as fast as you can. Uh, I'll keep checking my email also. They're supposed to sand and stain in about eight days. Well, when I use a question on the air like this, uh, you'll get a a copy of the uh, uh, audio clip sent to you. But, you know, if you want to spend your time doing it, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. I would tell you that it's advisable to try as much as possible to be hitting the floor joist when you're screwing through, more so than just the subfloor. Uh, but all of it's going to help. And, um, you know, the, it, it's just one of those things. Wood floors are going to develop squeaks over time. Um but, you know, as far as it wasting your time, it is your time. And if you don't like the squeaks, by all means, go ahead. Now, one thing I'm going to uh, give you a little caution on, the breakaway screws work great for this, but when they sand and refinish that floor, that head will show a little bit. Not that big a deal. Uh, it does show. Uh, now, I have seen some people when they want to cosmetically hide it to to literally set up a pattern uh, to go out and put them in just for no other purpose than to mask what they're doing with them. And, uh, you know, you can like put two at the end of each plank and, and it, it kind of gives you a pattern on there that it looks good, but it's functional as well. I don't know if you want to go through that much hassle, but... It is an option if if you'd like to tackle it. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com. 